mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, this week's sudden snap of frigid weather is a jolting reminder about the importance of spreading the warmth with your neighbors in need through the annual Coats for Christmas campaign. It's going on right now. Also this morning, our Great Gifts series continues with more ideas for family and friends on your Christmas list that are especially challenging to buy for. Happening around town, continuing a 25-year tradition, the Finley Middle School Indoor Drumline Shockwave is hosting their annual preview show this weekend. We'll get a preview of it. And we have details on upcoming December programs and activities at the Finley Hancock County Public Library. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, November 29th, 2023. Have you ever fallen asleep at work? Have you ever nodded off on the job? If so, you are not alone. More than one-fifth of adults have done that, have fallen asleep at work. Poll of 2,000 adults finds that 22%, 22 have drifted off while on the clock. Now, For some jobs, that's probably not that big of a deal. For others, that would be a very big deal. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, The reason why people say that they fall asleep at work, mainly late nights. 45% say uh, they were up too late the night before. 32% uh, said because they work too hard. They're exhausted after working too hard. 32% said it was simply out of boredom (laughs) with their jobs. Um, so make of that what you will, but, uh, one in five, excuse me, one in five, uh, adults say that they have, uh, fallen asleep while at work. Hopefully I, if I've ever done that and, and I've, I've had that, the time, you know, during commercial breaks or something, extended news breaks or what have you, uh, while I'm doing the show where, you know, I kind of zone out a little bit. I don't know that I've ever really nodded off uh, at work or fallen asleep at work, but I've certainly zoned during those extended breaks sometimes. And um, generally it is because I was up late the night before. That's watching a football game or something like that. By the way, uh, I did something last night. And the reason I bring this up, I hopefully will not do this today because I did get uh, good night's sleep last night. Got to bed at a decent time uh, because there was no football on last night. We had like five days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five straight days of nothing but one football game after the other. So I did something that I hardly ever do last night to make up for the five solid days of football on the tube. I watched a Christmas movie with my wife last night. I watched... I let her have control of the remote, and I watched a Christmas movie. So, and did not nod off during that. So, um, maybe we are falling asleep at work because we are in too many Zoom meetings. Recent study conducted from the University of Austria reveals that Zoom fatigue is a real thing. It is a phenomenon that, in, that can impact both the brain and the heart. According to this report, it was a, a small study, but a significant study nonetheless, 
uh, in which students, half of them, they broke it down into two groups, half of which attended a 50-minute lecture via video conference, while the other half attended a lecture in person, and then the groups swapped formats the following week. And monitoring the electrical activity of their brains and their hearts, coupled with surveys on fatigue and mood levels, the study found that participants reported feeling drowsy and fed up during video conferencing, more so than in-person lectures or meetings. Uh, That was corroborated by corresponding brain and heart activity. Study published in the journal Scientific Reports suggests that while video conferencing has a place, it should be viewed as a complement to -to face-to-face interaction rather than a substitute for that. Zoom fatigue is a real thing. Doesn't really say much for those who want to continue working remotely, right? Uh, There has been this big pushback in 2023 against remote work, and this would seem to lend credence to the effort to get people back in the office and get rid of Zoom fatigue. You don't have it when you're in person. Um, Of course, one of the other big stories of the year, will any of us really have a job to go to in the future? Will we have the chance to nod off at work? Or will we have the opportunity to sleep in permanently moving forward? Because AI is going to take all of our jobs. Uh, I saw this story as artificial intelligence continues to dominate the headlines. More and more people find themselves wondering if they will one day be out of a job because of an AI-powered robot. Uh, Anthony Camaro, who is a professor of uh, philosophy and psychology at the University of Cincinnati, contends that popular conceptions regarding the intelligence of artificial intelligence today have largely been muddied by linguistics. To put it another way, the good professor explains that while AI is indeed intelligent, it simply cannot be intelligent in the same way that humans are. Although he does concede that AI can lie and BS their way (laughs) through a situation just as well as any human can. Well, now we're doomed. If AI can BS their way through any situation as as well as any human, then we are going to be all replaced by robots at work, aren't we? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> uh, Professor Camaro's uh, report details how ChatGPT and other AI systems are large language models that are trained using massive amounts of data mined from the Internet and... Importantly, significantly, the point that he's making is that much of the information shares the biases of people who posted the data in the first place, and thus AI many times just BSing its way (laughs) through everything. (laughs) Oh, goodness. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Every day it seems like we have a doom and gloom story. And quite often we make fun of that because it seems like every day there's something that's there's another story that signals the end of civilization as we know it is coming. But this one here that I saw 
uh, actually is concerning. It's really nothing to uh, joke around about. And we were talking about ourselves nodding off because we haven't gotten a good night's sleep when we go to work or whatever. About one in every five children in America under the age of 14 is using melatonin as a sleep aid. This is new research from the University of Colorado at Boulder. Melatonin is a hormone produced by the brain that regulates the sleep cycle, and it has become very popular as a as a sleep aid, the uh, supplements that people can take with melatonin as a sleep aid. But here's the concern. Uh, the American Academy of Sleep Medicine has issued an advisory asking parents to talk with their pediatrician before using this hormone long-term in children. Number one, because long-term effects can, there, there can be some side effects of long-term use that you should go in understanding, so you should be fully aware of. And also because some products tested last year that are on the market showed mislabeled products containing, in some cases, 300% more melatonin than what was listed on the bottle of the supplements. 300% more. And some of the known side effects of taking too much melatonin, especially in children, can include everything from headaches to itchy skin, and in extreme cases, irritability and depression. So if your kid is taking melatonin to help them sleep, uh, and they have any of those symptoms, it may be uh, because they're taking too much, even without realizing it. And uh, so talk to your pediatrician uh, about that. Some uh, good advice. It is definitely something you need to know this morning. Serious stuff. And uh, speaking of our kids, I saw this story on the Newswire, and I got to share this. Something to think about uh, as we get your day going. Here, a new survey of 2,000 Americans with young children found that the average parent will answer 11 questions daily. You know, that's part and parcel of having young kids. They're going to ask why all the time. Why? There's a why. Every, everything you tell them, that come back with why. 11 questions daily on average is what parents uh, are uh, asked by their uh, kids. 76 que- 76% of the questions concern the world around them. 64% are related to school subjects. That's the other thing. You know, kids asking for homework help. But here's the, here's the thing. The uh, survey finds that on average, parents can only answer 42% of those questions. <laughs> We're asked 11 questions a day, and maybe we're lucky if we can answer four or five of those. That's the, the, uh, uh, of course, we'll never admit it, but that's that's what the uh, survey finds. But this is uh, what is also kind of interesting in this survey. Learning is not a one-way street. The average parent learns something from their child five times a week. So if you have not learned something from your child yet this week. you got some catching up to do. Pay attention. You can learn stuff from them uh, as well. Uh, The survey uh, commissioned by the Goddard School, um, Dr. Lauren Starnes-Lacosto from the Goddard School says, All parents and caregivers can support the well-rounded development of their children by embracing a child's curiosity, 
appreciating their unique talents and personalities, and supporting their individual social, emotional, and academic in, in environment uh, or development. Uh, so, yes, answer their questions, but also learn from them. Good reminder there uh, to uh, get your uh, day started. Really lovely story. There you go. Some of the most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly to mostly sunny today with a high around 40. Partly cloudy tonight, uh, low around 30. The County Road 169 overpass over State Route 15 near Van Lu opened to traffic on Tuesday morning. The opening of the new overpass comes just days after the County Road 180 overpass over State Route 15 south of Finley opened to traffic. Hancock County Engineer Doug Cade explains the importance of the two new overpasses. What we're trying to do is we're trying to separate traffic that are slow-moving traffic on County Road 180 and County Road 169 from the fast-moving traffic of State Route 15. When we can separate that traffic with overpasses, then we have a lot less likelihood of having crashes on those high-speed intersections. And transportation officials have plans to build yet another overpass over State Route 15 between Finley and Van Lu at County Road 193. Get more on all these projects and the story on our website. It's been two weeks since that deadly crash on Interstate 70 in central Ohio involving a bus that was transporting band members from Tuscaroras Valley High School. We received the crash report from the Highway Patrol, which shows the driver of the truck that hit the charter bus tested negative for drugs and alcohol. Now, six people died in that crash on the freeway, including three teenagers and three adults. Tuskegee Valley students are returning to class this week after getting an extended Thanksgiving break to recover from the tragedy. The NTSB is expected to release its preliminary report in the next week or so. I'm Angela Ann. Ohio State Highway Patrol Dispatcher Ashley Tyree has been selected as the 2023 Dispatcher of the Year at the Finley Dispatch Center. The 38-year-old originally from Tiffin was honored in recognition of outstanding service over the past year at the Finley Dispatch Center. Get more in the story on our website. The City of Finley is issuing some reminders regarding leaf pickup and the green waste site. The City is reminding residents that leaf and limb pickup will end on Friday And the city says the Green Waste site will close for the season Saturday afternoon at 4. The Green Waste site is located behind 330 North Corey Street. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, it is not quite as cold today as it was yesterday morning. With the stronger wind, we had wind chills in the single digits, and today we're only in the teens. But, uh, that being said, this week's sudden snap of frigid weather is a jolting reminder about the importance of the annual Coats for Christmas campaign and its mission of spreading the warmth with our neighbors in need. And uh, Missy LaRocco is with us in the studio this morning. Uh, with more details about this year's uh, Coach for Christmas uh, campaign, we were just talking a little bit before we went on the air. You said it's shaping up to be a, a, a record year, a really strong year. Yeah, I think we're going to have a banner year. We have had so many people come uh, forward and say, I've got coats I want to donate. I want to be a collection site. I want to donate something this year. So it's 
as you always know, it's a huge community collaboration and everyone's coming forward this year. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but to give people an idea of the size and scope of this, how many coats like last year did you collect? We collected about 2,000 coats last year. And I think we're close to, I, I, I'm guessing by the numbers and the bags I've been seeing, this is collection week. It started Mm -hmm. Monday and it goes through Friday. All Mm -hmm. coats need to be down to city apparel by Friday, December 1st. Uh, But I would say from the early collections already, we're going to, we're going to, beat that mark of 2000 and all of those get used uh and and most of them are distributed at the distribution event we'll talk a little bit about that and and how that will work um but even those that are left over are put to good use correct in fact on friday we're doing something a little bit different this year with our setup our cops and kids will come they get a golden ticket and any kids that shop with cops that also need a coat can get those friday night Mm. and then distribution as you know will be Saturday and Sunday and then afterwards we collect everything and we give all the leftover coats to Chopin Hall and uh, Ron over at Chopin Hall says they're usually gone within a few weeks of yeah. distribution so yeah. that's great we're also going to be giving a chunk to City Mission this year and then there will be an individual that's collecting the sum for the schools for the students that can't come out to get them yeah um, it, it just underscores uh, all of this uh, underscores the need uh, in, in the community because Again, every year there are literally thousands of people that otherwise would not have. I mean, imagine walking out like yesterday, this morning, walking out the door, (laughs) literally freezing (laughs) uh, and not having a warm coat. Yes. And since they're all dry cleaned by city uniform and linens and then city apparels helping with the collection, um, this is a family tradition, as we know, and it's just gone on from year to year. And it's just wonderful because you get a clean used coat. And Mm -hmm. most of these coats, they look beautiful when they come out. Yeah. Uh, And that's really uh, so. So what we're asking folks uh, is to just kind of go through your closet uh, for the coats that you may have from a year or two ago that are still hanging in the back of the closet that you don't use anymore. Correct. In most cases, they're just fine. (laughs) Yep. Um, Or you've got five or six and you really only need two. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, And and just uh, drop them off. There are a number of uh, donation locations. Correct. Um, Yeah, so all the city schools, all the county schools collect. They've done that for us several years. But we've got a handful of businesses. We've got anything from restaurants, Japan West is collecting, to LGBTQ Spectrum is collecting, to um, the library, the mall, the family center. I mean, anywhere you can probably find a a coat box. Even Blanchard Valley is collecting some for us. We've got a uh, bin outside of our studios uh, here at uh, Lake Cascades. So, uh, and, and, um, Generally, they need to be in good shape. I mean, again, if you've got some where the zippers don't work or they're missing buttons or, or whatever, uh, you're not repairing them. You're cleaning them, but you know, don't have the time to uh, or the manpower to repair all of these codes. So they need to be in, in good condition. Um, but in addition to codes, uh, there are other things that you're collecting as well. Yes. So we have hats, mittens, scarves, and blankets. And we've really tried to come forward. We have a committee member that's just geared for blankets this year. (laughs) And um, the churches, a lot of the local churches are collecting blankets for us. So um, we should have more than we've had in the past. Those usually tend to run out on Saturday, and hopefully they'll last us through Sunday. That that just gives you an idea of how this has grown through the years. You actually have people in charge of things like just blankets. Uh (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Yes, correct. It's become this huge thing. 
this program dates all the way back to what the mid 80s yes right? correct from the kramer family yeah, yeah. so um paul kramer's uh started it and it kind of has gone through now rich kramer and annie kramer his children are carrying out through his retirement but yeah. uh, he still pops in the family still pops in to help us on that and, those days and i have seen uh in in years past has been a number of years ago the piles of coats at the back of uh of the store Correct. getting ready to be cleaned and it is quite the job yeah to go so through and clean after these. we collect this week we will take the whole following week up until distribution date to uh, clean them and hang them so we take volunteers that come in every single night monday through uh, thursday <laughs> or friday if we don't get done on thursday <laughs> to uh to help hang those coats and get them ready to go because so. this is in addition to all the regular work that you do which is still going on so <laughs> you know it's not yeah. like you can shut everything down for a week and and uh, right around the holiday season and do this this is in addition to uh truly a labor of love correct yes yeah. it is a huge donation from city uniform and linen it is it is a big task yeah. and um, they're doing that on top of their regular jobs so the donations are accepted through friday this right friday the okay. december 1st correct Okay, uh, so get to your closet, make the donations. You also take new uh, donations of new, new coats, coats, too. Yes, and yeah. if you're going to be purchasing, we always need smaller children coats. Okay. Um, those are hard to come by, um, and also very large coats, three okay. X's, two X's. We could really use those because uh, those go really fast. So those are the ones that are uh, most in need. Yes. So a uh, big shout-out if you've got uh, either end of the spectrum uh, to, uh, to help with these. And then... How does the uh, distribution work? Give us the details on this. So we are at the East Branch YMCA again this year. Distribution will be Saturday, December 9th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And if you need transportation out there, HATS is going to be giving transportation from 10 to 1, um, just a period of time. But make your reservations uh, by that Thursday or Friday at the latest for HATS to come and get you. And then Sunday, we'll also be distributing from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., both times out at the East YMCA branch on Manor Road. And what's great about this is it's open to all. If you need a coat, come get a coat. That's the the thing. Yeah, no income guidelines. We're not going to check anything. You need a coat, just come get a coat, please. Uh, We want you to have one. Um, And uh, it's not even completely, if you're outside of Hancock County, uh, we've had some people from Allen County, some people from Toledo. Um, you're free to come. If you want to make the trip and you need a coat, we'll have a coat for you. Uh, and if uh, folks need more information or you can't find a distribution spot, um you can always reach out. Uh, City Uniforms and Linden has uh, more information, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, instead of <laughs> instead of interrupting them on their business, go ahead and okay. just call. You can call me. There, I've gotten plenty of phone calls. <laughs> so if you need to call, and all this stuff is on our website too. Yeah, uh, for Christmas dot org. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's, yeah. Such a, a big, uh, big, big program, big event that you actually have your own website now. We do, so. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we do have that linked up at our webpage too for more information. Again, the donations being accepted through friday the coats for christmas collection going on right now and then next weekend is the uh, distribution and like we said all of these coats are going to get distributed you don't have to worry about it you know your donation going to waste it's, it's going to go to good use it's going to promise it's going to get used uh somebody is in need uh for sure again uh coats for christmas committee chair missy larocco with us uh, this morning missy thanks very much for dropping by no, we appreciate thank it. you for having us So we are now fully engaged in the holiday shopping madness. 
And it has been really interesting reading the stories about Black Friday, Cyber Monday, this first official shopping weekend of the Christmas season. Uh, just how much was spent. There are all kinds of estimates uh, as to you know the, the start of the season and uh, whether we're off to a good start or whether sales are disappointing. I mean, depending on who you listen to, um, we are either off to a record start or we saw disappointing sales on the uh, first week. I, I don't know which it is. I suppose it could be it could be both. We could have record sales that were still disappointing because they fell short of expectations. Still a record, but not as as much as uh, expected. But uh, the general consensus is that. Well, I saw one said spending was down, but the number of people who were shopping was up. We just weren't spending or or no, I'm sorry, that spending was up because the number of people who were shopping this past weekend, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, even shopping online on Thanksgiving Day, the number of people who were shopping was up, but they were spending less per capita. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe that I think is and when you conglomerate all of the estimates and all of the uh, data that uh, we did see an increase in spending, but that was because more people were shopping, but individually were spending a little bit less. In any event, long and short of it is, we're probably not done, right? Uh, you still have more people on your list to buy for that you haven't uh, completed your shopping for yet because it's still very early and with that in mind our great gifts series continues this morning with emmy award-winning tv host and lifestyle expert marissa brainy and her suggestions for anyone and everyone on your christmas list that you may be stumped to buy for and marissa we're going to start well start off with the littles right because after all christmas is about the kids. Yeah, we always start there, and thanks for having me. I'm excited to be partnering with some great brands this year to bring you some fabulous gift ideas to get you started. And for those little ones, we start with the TikTok sensation. This has gone viral. The kiddos are loving it. It is the Tractor Supply 12B Zero Turn Ride-On Mower Toy. It's a ride-on toy lawnmower that has a clear translucent deck to give you the illusion that you're really mowing the grass. So it's okay. super cute. The kiddos love it. It has a dual motor operation that's easy for little hands, even allows for a 360 degree spin. Safety in mind as well. It has rubber traction, grip tires, a seatbelt, even a cup holder for added convenience. So lets the kids feel like an adult for a minute and just a very, very cute toy option this year. And we think about moms and dads too when we think about those kids because we need to cover them. So when the moms and dads are out playing with the kids or maybe they're on the go, one of my must-haves in our house is the Yeti Rambler 30-ounce tumbler. This is meant to withstand that mom or dad on the go life. It's durable, BPA free, double wall insulation. So it keeps your drink hot or cold, which is important. It has a stainless steel body and a sweat proof design to keep your hands dry. And right now, Tractor Supply now has a full lineup of Yeti products 
from the tumblers to coolers to chairs, all great ideas for your gifting needs this yeah, year. Yeah, you can never go wrong with uh, Yeti stuff uh, for uh, gift giving uh, for anyone on the uh, family. You know, one of the one of the things that has been uh, really hot this year, we heard a lot of people talk about uh, experiential gifts, giving experiences as opposed to giving stuff. You actually have uh, some suggestions uh, here because that can be kind of difficult to know where to start on something like that. Sure. And you know, that category has grown so much in recent years. So I wanted to give you an idea that will fit everybody you're shopping for, right? It's a massage envy gift card because listen, you don't need to know their favorite color, their size, or even if they'd prefer a massage or a facial because the massage envy gift card allows them to choose how they want to spend their me time. And right now, massage envy has a great deal going on that you need to know about. You get a $20 promo card when you spend $100 or more in gift cards from now through December 31st. This is available in location only, though, not online. So just head to your local Massage Envy franchise, or you can check out MassageEnvy.com for more information on this. And remember, each location is independently owned and operated. And this is another thing that, uh, you know, kind of... falls into the experience category to a certain extent because who doesn't love a warm, cozy night uh, spent with the family, some quality family time, and you have some gifts for those who would like to have you know, that experience, you can share that experience with someone on your list. Right. That's a memory making moment with the family. And you can package this all up together, right? Package a little hot chocolate, maybe a holiday movie suggestion in a card, and then pair it with something soft and cozy to snuggle up with. And for all things soft and cozy, I love Bedshore. This is a stylish, affordable brand that has hundreds of different items to choose from, whether it's bedding, beautiful fleece blankets, even wearable items. They have a fantastic blanket hoodie that you just want to wrap yourself in. And they have a full Amazon store with all of these different options. So you definitely want to check that out because, again, affordable and something for everyone. They have so many different colors and styles and even textures, depending on what the person in your life prefers. So Bedshore on Amazon, just search that and you'll find tons of cozy picks to create that really memory-making moment with the family this holiday season. Emmy Award-winning television host and lifestyle expert Marissa Brainy uh, with us this morning. Some of her uh, favorite uh, holiday gift ideas for family and friends. Where do we get more information, Marissa? Just head on over to my website. It's marissabrainy.com and go to the blog section. We'll link it up on our webpage. Marissa, thanks very much for taking the time. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays to you. So I have to apologize. We had a little bit of a uh, mix-up. Got our wires crossed on our uh, schedule with the uh, folks, the Finley Middle School Indoor Drumline Shockwave. I had them on our schedule for today, and apparently we weren't on theirs. So... So I apologize for the uh, for the mix up. I want to mention that their uh, upcoming preview show uh, is uh, this Saturday. Uh, it is uh, December seventh or December second. 
Um, they've been uh, rehearsing. I tell you what, Shockwave. If you're not uh, familiar uh, with the uh, uh, middle school indoor drum line. Uh, it is a terrific group. Middle school students from uh, both of Finley's middle schools participate uh, in this, and they are an award-winning group. They uh, go to competitions just like many of the high school uh, groups, and we've talked to them on the uh, program before. Uh, in many cases, they'll show up, and they're one of only a handful of middle school uh, groups that will be participating in some of these showcases and competitions, and they hold their own with uh, you know uh, students that are uh, much older in, in high school and such. So uh, quite a uh, quite a group, and uh, their uh, preview show uh, to kick off their season is coming up on uh, Saturday. If you want more information, we've got it linked up at our webpage at goodmornings.net. So you can uh, check out more information about the uh, Shockwave indoor drumline, what they're up to in their upcoming season, the preview show uh, coming up this Saturday. And we apologize for the uh, mix-up on our schedules here. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. My oh my, do we have an interesting collection of broken news this morning. Federal authorities have seized what they describe as harmful doses of something being promoted as um, a tightening gel for women's lady parts. (laughs) A tightening gel for women's lady parts. Uh, was seized by customs agents at Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport. They confiscated more than 2,500 unregulated gel-filled syringes in a shipment from Hong Kong. (laughs) I'm thinking it's probably a good thing they get this off the market. (laughs) I'm thinking this is... Apparently, this potentially harmful product has already appeared for sale online... And the domestic value of the 2,500 syringes that were seized would have been more than $19,000. Tightening gel for your lady parts. No, just no. No. (laughs) Wow. I didn't even know there was such a thing being advertised. That's very disturbing. Elsewhere in the broken news, moving on. Sometimes you don't have to go very far to find the broken news. An Uber Eats driver has uh, pled guilty to vandalizing a customer's patio in Rocky River, Ohio. Uh, This is what, in eastern Ohio, right? Rocky River. Um, The incident happened back in August when Michael Surratt was caught on video dumping oil, paint, and garbage on an apartment patio after being fired by Uber due to a complaint from the apartment's resident. (laughs) He found out who complained and got him fired and decided to get even. Uh, Mr. Surratt was able to avoid jail time, uh, has been sentenced to probation and ordered to pay fines and restitution to the apartment owner and tenant. (laughs) I guess... That's what you get when you post a negative review. you got to be careful before you do that. Wow. That's taking things to an extreme. Uh, let's see here. Now, this is a candidate for the dumb criminal of the day. 
<laughs> the guy in Rocky River notwithstanding. A woman is under arrest, has been charged with possession of almost 400 grams of methamphetamine in Lincoln, Nebraska. Police say they weren't called to a convenience store after a woman, later identified as one Mary Bills, left behind a bag of meth and... So she goes to the convenience store. She mistakenly leaves behind her bag of meth. I mean, who hasn't had that happen before, right? That's very embarrassing. You leave behind your stash of drugs at the convenience store. But here's the kicker. Police came and got the bag of drugs, but then got another call from the convenience store when Ms. Bills came back an hour or so later to look for it. She came back saying, I think I forgot something. <laughs> yeah, you did forget something. Um, officers say they saw her in a car that matched witness descriptions, pulled the driver over, and uh, found even more methamphetamine uh, in her car and on her person. She has now been being held in the Lancaster County Jail. <laughs> All because she went back for her lost meth. Yeah, not too bright. Uh, let's see. Now, and speaking of uh, criminals who eventually were caught, uh, this took several months, but a, a suspect in Queens, New York, arrested for reportedly robbing a tobacco shop there in Queens, and it was his colorful underwear that did him in. Fadi Hussein, age 30, along with two other men, Brandishing guns made off with about $3,000 in cash and $1,000 in merchandise from the tobacco uh, shop. Uh, Surveillance video revealed the colorful underwear clearly visible under his sagging pants. (laughs) And that was all the cops needed. Uh, They posted the surveillance video and images online and an anonymous caller tipped cops off to the flashy felon who tried to sell some of the hot goods at another location in Queens. Mr. Hussein arrested at his home the other robbery suspects, who presumably did not have brightly colored underwear, are still at large. (laughs) Uh, So apparently he never changed his underwear, or is his entire underwear collection equally colorful? I don't know, but that's... That's what it was that did him in. <laughs> his underwear visible under his saggy pants. From the international file of the broken news this morning. A 35-year-old Vietnamese man went to the doctor complaining of headaches only to discover that he had some chopsticks lodged in his skull. <laughs> wow. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, The uh, working theory is that the chopsticks were probably shoved up his nose during a bar fight about five months ago. But at the time, for whatever reason, medics did not find the chopsticks. You would think that that would be something. If you had chopsticks shoved up your nose into your skull, you would think that would be something that someone would notice. If you were seeking medical attention. (laughs) You would think. But apparently not. 
the man was suffering from fluid discharge and vision loss until doctors realized what was wrong. He had emergency surgery to have the chopsticks removed. Uh, while the man himself was baffled as to how the chopsticks got there, his relatives remembered his drunken brawl from months prior and theorized <laughs> that's what happened. <laughs> I, I want to know about these medics. I, are they still on the job? Because you would think that that would be something that maybe would cause, would cause you to lose your job if you didn't notice somebody had chopsticks embedded in their skull. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a story with a happy ending. Sanitation workers in New Hampshire undertook a remarkable effort to recover a woman's lost wedding ring, diving into 20 tons of trash to find. is like a needle in a haystack. Someone's, a woman's wedding ring in 20 tons of trash. Uh, apparently, this is what happened. Uh, the... Ring was discarded accidentally, and um, it, it doesn't uh, doesn't give the woman's name who uh, lost the ring. Yes, she doesn't want to. She doesn't want the publicity. But anyway, she accidentally discarded uh, her her ring in the trash, and uh, the head of the sanitation department uh, was able to get details as to what day, even around what time of day. The ring was discarded, what time of day their trash was collected, and so on. And so they were able to narrow it down using surveillance footage. The team of sanitation workers were able to locate the right trash bag after sifting through 12 feet of garbage and retrieve the lost ring. took about two hours of searching. Now, what is crazy about this story, it is not entirely unusual for a wedding ring to be accidentally thrown out and someone and usually it's someone they're washing the dishes take off their wedding ring they put it uh there on like a paper towel or something wrap it up in a paper towel or whatever set it by the sink and then mistakenly without thinking throw the paper towel away and it has the ring and so we've had these stories in the uh, broken news before but it's sort of like you know how police officers, most police officers will go their entire uh, career without ever firing their gun in the line of duty? Even though we hear about, you know, police-involved shootings all the time, most officers never fire their gun. This is kind of the same thing. We hear about these stories in the news, but most sanitation workers will never have to do this ever in their career. But this uh, particular New Hampshire sanitation crew has done this not once, not twice, but this is the third incidence in the last two years that the team had to assist in finding a lost wedding ring in a similar manner. Three times! Not all with the same wedding ring, you understand, but three times. The most recent uh, incident occurred almost exactly a year ago. It's just kind of uh, kind of crazy. <laughs> they've had to do this three times in the past two years. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's Broken News Report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Hey folks, it's game day and 
the betting's going to be intense, Drew. You said it, Dave. But a good pregame routine keeps betting responsible. That's right. You got to pause before you play. Good call. Sports betting is hot, but it can be risky. And pausing to set limits is an all-star move. That's right, Dave. If you bet on sports, pause before you play to set limits, recognize the risk, and know when to stop. Learn more at pausebeforeyouplay.org. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. The great Christmas light fight is on in many parts of the country. I don't know, do you do you have this uh, friendly competition with your neighbors as to who has the best holiday light display? Um, apparently, in a new survey, and this was uh, commissioned by Michaels, the uh, craft store, uh, survey of 2,000 young adults finds 41% want to have the best holiday decor in in their neighborhood. The great holiday light fight is real. Uh, There's this little friendly competition. But I don't know that we've ever had this with our neighbors. But young people, this is a big deal. 41% of young adults, millennials and Gen Zers, aspire to have the best holiday decor in the neighborhood. They want bragging rights. And uh, they kind of broke it down by preference. 32% will do the classic red and green decor. 20% prefer to keep their decorations that wintry white is all in white. We've done it both ways at our, uh, at our house over the years. Some, some years we'll do the multicolor thing. Some years it's all red and green. And other years it's all white. Um, so we kind of switch it up. But... Uh, it's still the classic red and green is the uh, preferred. 20% uh, will do just white. 14% embrace trendy holiday decor because there are trends. Um, they will go trendy every year. 9% will go for the rustic vibe. Uh, wood and plaid and you know that kind of thing. The, the rustic country vibe. Only 9%. So... We talk about trendy. That appears to be less trendy now than maybe what it uh, used to be. The uh, survey, again, 2,000 young adults uh, also went into gift giving a little bit. And because, you know, it's Michael's Craft Store, they commissioned this survey. 41% of the same age group believe that handmade gifts are the most meaningful to give or receive at Christmas time. And 57% of parents in the survey say that they let their kids make the ornaments that they will hang uh, on the tree and their holiday decor. Uh, so that homemade thing is, is really what is most meaningful. Uh, Mandy Clark from Michael says, Price aside, more people care about the meaning and the thoughtfulness that comes from handmade gifts that cannot be replicated by just going in and buying something off the shelf. A lot of times it's less expensive, uh, but it's also more meaningful. Sarah Clevidence is with us on the line this morning from the Finley-Hancock County Public Library with details on some upcoming December programming, activities, and so on. This is, as you were mentioning, a a bit of a a quieter time uh, at the library. Um... 
which I guess is uh, one of the reasons why you're doing the uh, remodeling project now. <laughs> well, you know, that was really just uh, fortunate timing. Uh, <laughs> December always quiets down for programming, um, so that was an opportunity to do a few switches around, but... We're yeah. looking at still first quarter of the year before our new circulation death arrives. Now, uh, f- I know we talked about this uh, last month, but for the benefit of those who have not yet heard and maybe haven't uh, been in, uh, it's kind of a pardon our dust uh, time at the uh, at the library. You've got some uh, things that you're uh, doing, up, uh, updating and upgrading. Yes, we are. We uh, did some strategic planning work this year, and the community survey came back with a resounding note that we are very beige. <laughs> so we're we're working to uh, just improve the flow of our circulation area, but also add some color uh, to that space. So we're we're changing the location of our circulation desk just slightly, flip flopping a couple of staff workspaces. Um, you know, we added a doorway uh, to a workroom, doing a little bit of painting. So we're very much in the it has to get worse before it gets better stage right now. <laughs> and as it creeps slowly along in progress until uh, our new circulation desk should arrive in the first quarter of the so, year. So uh, anybody who has ever remodeled their home or uh, refreshed a room in their home knows uh, that, you know, that that part of the process that you're at now that it's going to get worse before it gets better kind of thing <laughs> absolutely but you absolutely. are so, but you are remaining open throughout right we are i anticipate we'll need to close for one day when we do the actual installation of the desk just okay. because it would be too congested for people to get in and out mm-hmm. but other than that i believe we'll remain open throughout okay. the entire process uh so what is going on in the uh, month of december as you mentioned kind of a, a, a lighter time for programming people have a lot of other things going on but that's not to say there's nothing going on well that's true yes uh, you know i think thinking of all of the things we have going on in our lives this time of year um, there's a couple of programs that could really help you get through this busy holiday season uh, on next Monday on the 4th, we've got a, a yoga for grounding session. Uh, kind of help you take a moment and breathe as you're entering the holiday mm, stress. Man, and um, couldn't we all use that? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, we've got one on the gift of presents, so just how you ma- uh, manage your expectations and the stress of the holiday season. Um, you know, one uh, from our Eat Well, Live Well sessions through the OSU Extension Office on uh, how to play your way through the holidays. So again, just tips and treats for less stress and a healthier holiday season. And then, you know, if you're just uh, you're feeling calm and, and ready to go and you just want to have some holiday fun, we have a craft-to-work program where they're going to make gnome ornaments, and they are adorable. That is uh, terrific. Um, and again, these are just a handful of the highlights, uh, and these are programs that are open to all, right? Do Those those programs are all adult programs, but we've got, we, you know, while it's quieter for kids, we do have some things going on. Uh, we always like to do escape rooms during our holiday breaks. Mm-hmm. So this will be an escape room take-home packet uh, for the cookie caper. It's designed for kids grades two and up. Um, really a great family activity. A top-secret cookie recipe has been stolen, and you have to solve puzzles uh, to figure out who stole the cookie recipe. Uh-huh. Uh, that is coming up when? That one will go live on December 16th, so you can just stop in and pick up the packet uh, from the Children's Department. Okay, very good. Uh, anything else going on to uh, highlight in the uh, month of December? Well, you'll want to mark your calendars for New Year's Eve. Uh, this is just such a fun program for our youngest patrons. 
know, it's hard to stay up till midnight. It's hard for me to stay up till midnight <laughs> uh, to count down to the new year. Uh, so we do a New Year's Eve party. And because New Year's Eve is on a Sunday this year and we're not open at noon on a Sunday, we're having our New Year's Eve party on December 30th, okay. Saturday. Um, but it will be at noon uh, under the skylight in the library. We'll do a big balloon drop and you know, have some music and story for kids. So it should be a really fun time. And for uh, these programs, uh, registration required or do people need to do anything in advance? Yeah, the uh, the yoga program does require registration because we have a limited amount of space. But okay. all of the rest that I've mentioned, uh, you're free to just drop in. You can get more details on any of our programs on our website, finleylibrary.org. We've got a calendar on the left side, and that'll get you all the information you know. Okay, uh, and a couple of other things that are more kind of ongoing uh, programs that we want to highlight. You do have more virtual author uh, talks coming up in the next several right. weeks. We do, and a big one is Stephanie Land uh, on Tuesday, December 12th. Uh, so she's got a new book out. Um, you might be familiar with the, the Netflix series that was based on her first book. So the, she's, um, she's a young single mom, uh, worked as a maid, uh, and then uh, worked her way to go to college. And I have not read her first or her second book yet, um, but I believe that talks about her time in school. So. Mm. I think okay. her talk will be very interesting. And uh, also the uh, Story Walk uh, program. Uh, again, even though it's uh, wintertime, you're still uh, doing the Story Walks, right? Story Walks are still going. And, you know, I know it's harder to get out and move when it's cold, especially days like yesterday. Um, but <laughs> the Story Walk isn't a super long walk, so it's a great excuse to get out, do a little bit of movement, do a little reading, and have fun with the family. A little fresh air. Uh, yeah. And more details on the virtual author talks and the story walks and, and everything else uh, on the website as well. And uh, also, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that even if you can't get to the library, you can still uh, avail yourself of all that the library has to offer uh, through your website. Absolutely. Check out ebooks or e audiobooks through. Uh, Libby Hoopla is a great source for your holiday movies. They've got a collection of Hallmark holiday movies available on there. We've got Canopy. Um, lots of our databases are available. And the virtual author talks you can view from home online as well. Yeah. Uh, we've got a link up on our webpage for more information about uh, everything that's going on at the library and virtually through the library. Uh, you can go to goodmornings.net for uh, more information on all of that. And, of course, you know, the other thing with uh, with Christmas coming up, if you are stumped, I know when my our kids were little especially, we like to include uh, at least one book under the tree mm-hmm. uh, for the kids. And if you are stumped for ideas, the folks at the library, you can help with uh, suggestions about what is out there and what the, the kids especially are into and, and interested in and so on. Those are our favorite questions to answer, so bring them on. Uh, again, uh, Sarah Clevidence, the Findlay Hancock County Public Library, with us this morning. Sarah, thanks very much. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. And want to thank all of our guests, of course, for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That is goodmornings.net. And coming up tomorrow on the program, for some, the holiday season is more than just stressful. It can be downright depressing. We'll talk about how to manage the difficult emotions of a blue Christmas. 
So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.